What's up and welcome to Fortitude in 15 with Sam Panich and Parker Yablon, presented by Elevation Nation. In 15 minutes, we're going to talk about what's going on in the real world and give you some tips and tricks on how to activate mental fortitude and conquer the real world. What's up, Sam? How are you, brother? Happy Fortitude and 15, man. Another episode. What is this? 108? 109? 108. You should know that. 108. I am uh, going through a really big young adult problem right now, Sam. I wanted to start this podcast. What's wrong? You want to talk about it? Yeah, I do want to talk about it. I am having trouble figuring out how to balance the heat and the cold in my apartment because I'll turn my heat off and it'll get too cold. Then I'll turn my heat on and it gets too hot. And this is a big challenge right now that I'm going through. And I got one of those fancy thermostats, you know, the that you can like adjust. It's got the AI and everything. And it ain't working. Ain't nothing. Well, Parker, I have a very simple solution for you. You're not going to like the answer though. What are you going to say? Get a space heater or put some clothes on or? No, this problem doesn't happen in any city besides New York. Well, you're saying move to out of New York. No, I don't think that's going to merit saying, a move. In, uh, in New York, for some reason, when I lived there too, the heating never worked right. The air never worked right. It's just something. I think there's too many people in too small space. They can't regulate everything. It's definitely been very annoying, but I can't complain because I hate when it gets too hot. So thankfully, they don't just turn on the heat and that's what you get. Like I have the ability to have some freedom with uh, the climate in my apartment. So that's you know, very nice. You, take, I did you not gotta have take that. some of that. It's, that's, that's a benefit. All right, well, I'm How glad, are you uh, though? How are you? I'm good, man. My weather's fantastic. I'm down in sunny Savannah. It's uh, 65 today. Beautiful weather. I've been playing a lot of golf, playing a lot of pickleball. I'm enjoying my uh, fake retirement years working down here with my family, and everything's good. Everything's great. Uh, work's going well. Life's going well, and I'm excited to get into our topic today because I think uh, it's something we all are struggling with. I don't think anyone really has an answer. I don't think companies do. I don't think doctors or psychologists or even us do because this is very, very new. So I'm excited to get into it with you, man. I'm excited to get into it too, and for Elevation Nation Sam and I are trying some new stuff out. We want to provide new content to you all rather than just us sitting here and talking about our lives. So we've been doing a lot of research during the weeks and we're going to provide some perspective on those things that we come across. So this week, we found a five-minute podcast on TED Talks Daily about the three rules for a better work-life balance. Ashley Willens is a Harvard Business School professor of behavioral science, and she spoke about three rules, her three rules for a better work-life balance. And it's really interesting because in, in this episode, it's only about five minutes, and we'll link to it in our bio. She talks about how in today's day and age, there's this always-on culture. And because of this always-on culture, it's ruining the well-being, the work-life balance that many people have, you, me, whomever, in the real world. So what she does is give some strategies, 
to protect our time and you know reframe how we go about resting, go about taking some time away from the computer. So before we get into the three strategies, Sam, let's talk this. Like this is definitely a challenge, especially in our job in you know the corporate world. But I feel like a lot of young adults just feel this as a result of the pandemic, trying to show up to work and bring value to the table and just some like anxiety that you just get from wanting to be part of a team. So Parker, I'm excited to get into the nitty gritty in present day with you here in a minute, but I think I'm a little bit of a history nut because I really, really thought of this around a historical timeline. Thinking back to the industrial revolution, the agricultural revolution, and thinking about the jobs and occupations that people had back then. So I want to take a minute and frame this up for you, right? You're a 26-year-old young man. You just probably got back from war, and your job is in a factory manufacturing cars. You clock in at 8, and you clock out at 5. Once you leave at 5, you don't think about the cars that you're building. You don't think about how you can be more efficient on that assembly line. You don't stress about it anymore. It's done. You clock in and you clock out. Being a farmer in the agricultural revolution, right? You farm all day, you're out there, but the sun goes down and you can't really work on your farm without any light. So you come home and you unwind. No other time in history have we had jobs that have had zero unplugged time. You can always be on, you can always be working, and you can always be doing more. And I think as we've transitioned from farmers, blue-collar workers, to now white-collar workers, we've seen this weird transition as well where we've run out of ways to truly stop work. There was no common societal expectation of when work ends. Not the sun coming down anymore, not clocking in and out, because that doesn't happen for many of the white-collar workers in our generation. And I think it's raising a very, very strange you know, epidemic of burnout and stress and anxiety and depression among workers right now that no one really knows the right way to fix it. So that's kind of where my head went. I don't know if you thought about kind of history at all, but I thought it was super interesting. I think it is really interesting. And obviously, Sam and I are talking from the white collar perspective here, especially with Zoom and technology and our cell phones glued to our sides at all times. Today's day and age, there's not a time where you can literally, to Sam's point, be on at any time. We can always go and do extra work, whether that's on the weekend or at the evening. But you know what? It's funny, Sam. You said it at the beginning that this is a challenge that everyone's facing. But I think a solution starts with you. It has to start with you. You know, a company could tell, you know, your employees, hey guys, we're not going to work after five. But is that the really the right way to go about it? I don't think so. It's about letting the people set the boundaries. It's allow letting the individuals set their own boundaries too. And as a young adult, you know, Sam and I, we want to truly elevate. We want to 
make sure we're providing value on a team. We want to make sure we're doing everything we can to set ourselves apart from the rest of the group. And sometimes the way we think about doing that is work, 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 spend more time doing work. And that's a challenge because when is there time to just rest and put work aside and enjoy the other things in life, the the beauty of outside, time with your girlfriend, boyfriend, relationships that you have, going on vacation, like all like where when does that come, right? And that starts with you figuring out what you define as rest. And that brings us into the three principles that Professor Ashley Willens discussed on this podcast. And I'll, I'll break them down, all three of them, and then Sam will go into like a little banter about that. So she says, to combat this idea of always on culture, you need to reframe rest or, in her words, reclaim your rest. And there's three ways you can do that. Is you need to reframe what rest means to you. Define what rest, taking time away, means to you. Two, communicate to your team. Being transparent to your team on setting boundaries of what rest actually means to you and saying, hey, like, okay, I'm setting a boundary here on I'm taking time away. And you need to all understand that. And three, negotiate for more time. There are often times where there's a client deliverable that needs to be due or you have a deadline, set a boundary and ask for more time if you need it. At the end of the day, she says that the quality of work is always more significant in how someone portrays your work rather than the amount of time that you put into it. So Sam, what do you think about those three? It is tricky, to say the least. Again, going back to my historical examples, something societally shut off that prevented more work, whether it was the sun setting or the factory closing, now work can happen anywhere at any time. And that makes this extremely, extremely difficult to manage. I think until we figure out how to make societal expectations around when you work and when you rest commonplace to where everyone understands it, I don't know if there necessarily is going to be uh, a very healthy work-life balance life balance for uh, you know this new generation of employees. I think it's going to be extremely tough and companies can stress culture, but until they start uh, disabling your Microsoft Outlook at uh, 8 p.m. on uh, Friday night and not letting you open it back up until uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sun- not gonna Sunday happen. evening. It's not going to yeah, happen. I don't, I don't know. There's no reason they're... for them to do that because you'll have people that want to do it. And, and that's fine. You're and right. That's fine. And when people do that, though, it doesn't matter if it helps them. That then, whether they know it or not, is subconsciously passed on to the rest of their team and their coworkers. Well, it's like an expectation thing. I mean, back to um, number two, like... Imagine if your manager is working till 9 p.m. every night and is fine with it. Then everyone else on the team thinks that they need to work till 9 p.m. Hmm, interesting. That's not fun. When in reality, that person prefers to do, you know, go above and beyond. But at the end of the day, I think if you're not owning it and you're on a salary, Sam, you're entitled to having your time away. It's it's really tough. And I think this is one of the things working from home is 
this is not a benefit that's come out of this work work from mm-hmm. home lifestyle we all have from COVID because again, just like punching in and out from the factory warehouse, you could leave work. And when you left, that typically meant that you were done for the evening. But now there's no leaving. Your computer comes with you everywhere. So I've heard a lot of people at various companies around the world uh, not installing their mobile app versions of Microsoft Outlook, Slack, and Teams so that they can, when they want to, truly unplug. All they do is close the lid of a laptop and step away, right? And I think that and ideas like that help empower our people to feel like they really can close work both physically and metaphorically by shutting the lid of their laptop and moving on with the rest. I completely agree. It's setting boundaries with yourself, setting boundaries with your team. And the best way to go about that is by defining what it means to not be working for yourself, communicating and being transparent about those boundaries that you're setting. And if you need more time for things, ask for it. Because at the end of the day, your well-being comes first. And if you need, you've earned time away. You've earned your weekends. You've earned your evenings. So just ask for some more time if it seems like a crunch for you. But it wouldn't be a fortitude in 15 without Parker's perspective. And I'll leave you on a quote about rest. It is said by Erica Lane. Quote, rest is not idle is not wasteful. Sometimes rest is the most productive thing you can do for your body and soul. I think it's the smart companies out there, the smart leaders out there who understand that rest is so critical to everyone so that people can bring their best self to work, become more productive, and feel recharged, more optimistic, energized and ready to tackle whatever problem. I think it's the people out there who don't understand the importance of rest, who are really missing out on what truly makes a productive team. Well said. I love that quote. If you haven't checked out our episode this week with RJ Kaminsky, download it, subscribe. We got a YouTube channel now. Check that out as well. And as always, Elevation Nation, until next week. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you aren't already a subscriber, please do subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at elevationnation underscore IO and on Twitter at elevatebegreat. Check us out on the web at www.elevationnation.io. Special thanks to our producer, Parker Yablon, and our directors of social media and strategy, Alexa Pullman, Daniel Sternberg, Danny Pullman, and Maddie Schloss. Until next week, Elevation Nation.